0: Barb doesn't know. Felt like that before. Noemi, mom loves like a bird or so. Damn, can't you, Noemi, can't see you anymore. Bloody snow.
1: Hey. Oh, hi, it's, it's you. Yes, of course.
0: You know Mark. Howdy. Howdy. What you out in this weather for? Just out to meet friends. You? Us
1: too. In fact, we got some friends we sure you would like. What kind? The best kind. Tula and Sid. To, tu- those are my friends. How do you know them? Drinking buddies. We're going to meet them at a house party on the south side. Do you want to tag along? No. They said they would meet me at. They sent us to get you. You were going to meet at the Stewarts, right? Yeah. Well, here we are. Okay.
2: Hello, and welcome to Episode 6 of Minutia, written by Jay town performed and recorded here in the Century Club, Amsterdam, New York. Before we go on, please listen to a couple of sponsors' messages.
3: Bashwinger Insurance Agency is owned by Lee Fiacco an Amsterdam area native and businessman who values one-on-one communication and service for his customers. His insurance company serves the region by offering a wide range of services for auto, home, and business year-round and would welcome your patronage. Bashwinger Insurance Agency is located at 47 Market Street, Amsterdam, New York.
1: Miller printing has roots in Amsterdam dating back to its founding over 30 years ago. Established by Scott Miller in 1981, Miller Printing has grown into a full-service printing shop that caters to the needs and provides a full-service experience to its customers. Eben Miller, Miller Printing owner, says it's the service that will define our success, and we plan to be here a long time. That's Miller Printing, Amsterdam, New York.
2: We thank you for joining us on our season finale. In a sleepy hamlet of Amsterdam, New York, our main character's family gathers together after a police department briefing revealing his cause of death. After dinner, we hear his sister Margaret say,
4: If there is a silver
5: lining, at least we aren't fighting about politics, right? Don't get me started. I didn't think there was a silver lining in our son's death, but leave it to you to find one. What does that mean? We're still grieving here, Margaret. Duh, Mom. I was merely pointing
4: out the fact that all election season, we fought like cats and dogs, Jason included, and we haven't since Jason's passing. That's how you should have taken it.
5: Yes, I suppose you're right. Sorry for that. Everyone just punchy after the briefing. Margaret, we differ the most, I think. But i understood what you were trying to say a wry comment i suppose and underappreciated
6: thanks grandma perhaps we can still argue down the road what with trump doing so well
7: and all
5: uh, no 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 this is a time for healing for all of us but that man brings nothing but division please family save those discussions for some later time Jason demands our time right now. There will come a time when he fades from view, but not right now. I love you all and pray for healing, so let's get to it, shall we? Well, it's getting late, Miriam. Time for Mom to be getting home. Is it? It's 3.45, Aunt Mary. Yes, but by the time we get done with her little bit of shopping, it will be dark. And you know how she feels about coming home in the dark. Oh, been there. Margaret, can you please get their coats? Woman? Oh, my old man. You've been asleep for the last couple of hours while we women have been talking. And now you pipe up when Mom and Sis are departing. I'm offended. As am I. You see what you've done? (laughs) Oh, now that's a nice sound, Jackson. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm laughing. Yes, you did. And you are. And you got the joke. This, sir, is a minor miracle. Out of this... Wheelchair, now! Don't push it, mister. (laughs) Mary, Mom, I'll see you out. Margaret, can you watch Eddie Murphy here? Make sure he doesn't laugh himself out of his chair. (laughs) Yes, Mom.
2: Rachel drives to the police department after seeing Richard carted away to APD headquarters. She approaches the front desk.
8: I need to speak to Detective Fox, please.
2: She says forcefully, then sits down and waits in the waiting area. After a few minutes...
7: Miss Levine, how are you today?
8: Been better. Is there someone we can talk?
7: Sure. Come on into my office. Here, have a seat. How may I help you?
8: I saw you arrested Richard Cruson this morning. I was there.
7: I didn't see you.
8: I left as it happened. And? I have information about him you might find useful.
7: What kind of information?
8: He used to beat me, you know? Mental torture, physical abuse, threats...
7: Oh, I'm sorry for that, but how does that help me?
8: I just need you to know that revenge is my motive for telling you anything.
7: Hmm, understood. All right, let's find an interview room. Would you like anything to drink?
2: They find an interview room, and an officer brings Rachel a ginger ale as she and the detective sit down. Tell me about Richard's comings and goings.
8: He kept odd hours. He would be gone sometimes in the mornings, often at night, weekends, weekdays.
7: How is the this normal? He worked as a carpenter during the day and spent time with other friends at night.
8: I only saw him once lift a hammer in two years and he broke his thumb trying to hang a picture with it. He was clueless.
7: Are you sure, seeking revenge, that you aren't just jealous of the others he spent time with?
8: In hindsight, I was jealous. Until he hit me the first time. After that, I started to question. Every month, he would travel to what he said was Plattsburgh, for God knows what reason. He said, relatives. But once, he said he was in Plattsburgh, but his phone said Farmingdale.
7: Did he say who he was visiting? Louisa, his cousin. Louisa, Louisa Vega, A.K. Trina Cologne, his mistress. What? The mistress of his brothel. I imagine you didn't know about that.
8: No, not at all.
7: You've corroborated the name with a place. Maybe you should quit while you're ahead.
8: Well, there is the threat against Jason. Tell me. After a fight, I revealed that I was pregnant and that Jason... Is the father? No, but Richard thinks he is still, despite my arguments. He just hits. He hit me, then said, I'll deal with him later. You'll get worse if you tell him anything.
7: I'm sorry, Miss Levine, but that's not enough. He didn't say I'm going to go kill him now, did he? No. But we'll question him on that.
8: It may not seem that I have much, but I can remember his comings and goings for two solid years.
7: Photographic memory? Yes. For revenge's sake? Yes. Okay. Let's begin with January 18th.
3: Yes. A day off does a body good. Yes. That shipment will reach you next Tuesday, 8 a.m. your time. Juan is your agent, so no more needs to be said. Yes, I'll convey that to him. Good day. Where are you, Richard? Come on, pick up. Hello?
2: Mark hangs up the phone and walks calmly past the performance shell to the dock, where he throws the phone as far out into the mohawk as he could.
3: Time for plan B.
4: Hello? Rachel, where have you been?
8: Oh, at work, at home, breaking up with Richard. You did? Then seeing him arrested, finally, then volunteering information to get him charged with various crimes. You've had a busy day. Here, have a scone. Thank you, but I'm queasy. Do you have any club soda? I'll get you something fizzy. And we had the briefing about Jason. Yes, Detective Fox filled me in. Why? You're not family. I'll tell you in a minute. Here you go, dear. Thanks. I have to tell you both some things that might be hard to hear. Okay. Richard and I fought when I told him I was pregnant. Pregnant? Who's the father? Jason, I know you might hate me for being with him, but I thought I was in love and we just...
5: Did it. You did it with a mentally disadvantaged man that we all love, and you thought of nothing but yourself in whatever willy-nilly fashion you did, not thinking about protection or future, and now you're stuck with a bun in the oven and no boyfriend No father for your child, and and you want us to understand? I didn't expect this. So your now ex-boyfriend threatened my boy? Why didn't you come
8: forward? I was pregnant. He beat me and threatened me. Stockholm Syndrome, Ma.
5: PTSD. Yes, I'm aware. Listen, I love you, Rachel, and I think you would have been a good mate for Jason. But he's gone. And now you have a life in you and seemingly no clue how to grow it. We will help you. Right, Margaret? Yes, definitely. Thanks. Bring it in here.
2: They all hug.
5: Now, after this, we'll catch up. But first, we eat scones. Oh, Ma, anything but scones.
7: He hasn't called for one yet. We'll see. Richard, you've met Detective Tompkins?
1: Yep. Yep. Doing your dirty work. Dirty work, huh?
7: Shall I tell you what we have on you? Go ahead. All right. Drug dealing, pimping, assault, assault with a deadly weapon. Stop me if you have an objection. Why stop you? You're on a roll. Theft, fraud, receiving stolen property, refusing to sign up for selective service, and dodging jury duty. And I didn't make that last one up. Are you sure you got them all? Do you have something to tell me? No. And uh, what to do, what to do. Yes, I'll add up all the possible sentences and hope that sways you to come clean on everything. That might make me clam up. Richard, I know of something else you've done, something the courts would find heinous, perhaps, and I know do you desire greatly to get it off your chest. Was it so bad that it eats at your hardened soul night and day? Must be. I know more about it than you know. I don't know what you're talking about. Would you like another Sprite, Richard? Yes. Detective? Sure. Come on, Richard. A smart guy like yourself? What are you angling for? What do you want? And more importantly, what are you trying to avoid? Or maybe, what are you planning for? Is there a reason you've been under interrogation for two hours and haven't called for a lawyer yet? Do you think you know? I think so. You've done something so sad and shocking that it shocked even you and put you in such a state that nothing you had previously done mattered to you anymore. In short, all the values in your head have been scrambled. Your structure is suspect, and that is why you have no need of a lawyer, because you wanted to get caught, and you want to serve time for what you've done. That's the
1: worst I have ever heard. It would be funny, except there's just a hint of truth. Help me, Richard. If you want help, just say so. I want my soda, and I want you to answer this. I know some things, and I want to know how much they are worth.
7: Uh, That depends on what they're about, when they were about, and what you're confessed to. It's a matrix, understand? I've seen the movie. It all depends on you. Here you go. Thanks. What? Can't afford bottles? We do the best we can. Now, I have a question. Who's at the cell number 555-6763? I don't know what you're talking about. You seem to call it a lot. Mornings, evenings, especially around five-ish in the evening. Curious, that. Did that time correspond to an absence of a significant other? Who have you been talking to? Rachel? She knows nothing. Maybe not directly. Maybe indirectly. Maybe she gave us corroborating information, and maybe she didn't. Maybe I can't trust what she says because she's blinded by her love for you. Could be... Nah. She hates me. Why? Did you beat her, Richard? Did you? Now hold on. Who else did you beat or threaten? You see, I've talked to a fair number of people. Rachel, your cousin Louisa, clients, contacts, and all of them were more than happy to roll over on you to tell me what I needed to know. And you know what I came up with? What? That you're one bad dude, without a thought for others, without fear. But what I also see is that fear actually drives you. Fear of the unknown, specifically. And now you're faced with the biggest unknown of all. Will I survive where I'm going? How will I survive? What will I do? And you know what I think will help you understand this question, Richard? If you're honest with me, I can help you. But if you lie, I can't. I see. So now do you trust me? Yes. What do you know of the death of Jason McDonald? I think I need a lawyer. Okay then.
5: Hun? Yes, dear? Hang on, girls. Coming, Jackson. What did you tell the police?
8: Everything I could. Mostly schedules of trips, strange calls, weekly phone calls to cousins and customers.
4: And the beatings?
8: And the threats of beatings. The petty larceny he would perpetrate on a regular basis. Rachel. Hi,
5: Jackson. Not much to add then, dear. It's just uh, corroboration.
8: I hate that word. Yes, for backup. Linking
5: hello who is this
9: mrs mcdonald lisa nichols for channel 14 news i'd like to ask you a few questions if you have time
5: miss nichols ordinarily i would reject you out of hand due to your temerity in demanding a response but you caught me at a good time are you outside yes ma'am of course you are Come up the front stairs. Only one camera, please. Margaret Ann, please go let them in. Okay. Not me. I have enough trouble. I have to leave. You're not going home tonight, sweetheart. Go up the back stairs to the upstairs apartment. Use that tonight. Key's on the hook by the door. Thanks, Mrs. M.
2: They come in and set up. We
9: would like to use our
2: second camera. Boundaries,
5: Miss Nichols. Boundaries. Boundaries. You'll just have to shoot one at a time, that's all.
9: Yes, Mrs. McDonald, thank you for accommodating us. It's Miriam. Yes, Miriam. Ready, Greg? Ready. I'll do the intro, then ask the questions of you, Miriam, and Margaret, then Jackson, then wrap things up.
5: May I suggest, since the day we buried our boy, we have read from his diary found by the police. Sometimes well done, others undone, Segments of verse, penned by our boy, read every day at five amongst ourselves. Might we end with that?
9: Sure. We can overlay with your picture. A mother keeping a vigil. Pick one, but no curse words. Of course. Okay, ready.
0: Ready? Three, two...
9: For almost a week and a half, since her son was discovered potentially murdered in rural Amsterdam, Miriam MacDonald has read to her family from her deceased son's diary... Found by police in his room, the diary is full of the story of Jason, and Miriam reads it to keep connected and to give her remaining family comfort. Get that? Yeah. Miriam, three questions. One about the book, two about new development. What
5: developments?
9: Do you really want to do this first? What
5: developments?
9: Okay. Greg, on. Miriam, today at a press conference at APD headquarters, The assistant district attorney told the group of us that they had good reason to suspect that Jason was murdered and his body was placed in the cow pasture to imitate an overdose. Can you verify that information? Yes.
5: Our family was given a briefing today to the same effect, so this is not news to us.
4: This did come as a shock to me because I always believed him to be a depressive and prone to suicide. Was he mentally ill? No. Yes. Mom. It doesn't matter anymore. He needs us to speak for him now.
5: Yes, he was infected with grace, kindness, purity of thought, and intent. You both are. But with him, he... It's just that he lacked a certain filter that would eliminate the harsh and evil of this world. And what he didn't have naturally... He made up
4: in his book. So we read it every day to see him and to see us in him.
9: Well put, dear. Thanks. This fits well. Perhaps you could read a passage. You read it, dear. I
4: must not speak her name. I am awake now, and I can see. Her face round and mellow, aware of me staring, so lost in her smile. I wish that life were fair and I could run with her again. Holding hands and bumping shoulders, her raven hair flowing with the wind, framing My eyes are dull with tears, and my throat hurts from crying to God. Not fair. Not loving. You look out for other creatures. Why not her? Why not her? God listens and notes, and goes on his way, leaving me here, awake and aware.
9: Thank you. Greg, we'll use that at the end, the closing, right? Certainly. That was nice. Thank you.
5: He was expressive, at the very least.
9: Who was she?
5: She could be one of two. Hard to say. Nice of you to ask.
9: It's my job. I always thought you were a bit dispassionate.
5: I guess it comes with the territory.
9: Facts matter more than feelings with me. But when can I... Ready. Margaret, what has the last week and a half felt like?
4: Oh, well, surreal, I guess. Lewis and Jason was bad enough. He's my twin. But I... I knew things were going to get worse for me when they called us in and told us he may have been murdered.
9: How does having a suspect in custody alter your feelings? What? What? A suspect was arrested this morning on unrelated charges, and sources have hinted at an involvement in Jason's murder. Name. I'm sorry, I can't divulge. Please. The name. Richard Cruson. Rachel.
2: Miriam stands with difficulty.
9: You are... A source, With a story to tell, have a seat. Mrs. McDonald!
2: Miriam tries hard to catch her breath and stand (laughs) unassisted. She teeters.
5: (sighs) I, I, I can't catch my...
2: Honey? And falls, but Jackson bolts from his chair and catches her just as she reaches the ground. Miriam clutches her heart as her eyes roll back in her head.
0: Mayor, Margaret, she's having a heart attack. Get her pills from her purse and somebody call 911 dad
3: what do you think of tula jason
0: nice she's always been nice to me is nice always good is good
3: always nice touche sometimes when nice you want something else something better
0: One can argue that to be content with what or who you are is perhaps a better move, despite the motive, because the contentment brings a certain peace. And the Bible says, there is no peace for the wicked. I forget what book.
3: Sometimes it's not good to quote scripture in mixed company. I don't mind, sometimes. By the way, I think that verse is in Proverbs, if I'm not mistaken. I think you might be right.
1: In any case, Tula speaks highly of you. She knows Rachel as well. I wasn't aware. Do you enjoy your time with Rachel?
0: Yeah, she reads to me. I laugh a lot. And you learn a lot too. Yeah. Is this Tula's house? We're here. Where's the party?
1: It doesn't happen for another hour. You know how people here are. They show up with seconds to spare. Here, let me take your coat, and we'll go find Tula. Sid is away. I thought Tula said he was here. Guess you
3: thought wrong. Come on. Come on, guys. She's down here in the basement.
6: Jason, come here. Hi. Jason, sit here for a minute. By now, you may have figured out there is no party here tonight. No. Just a gathering of friends.
3: I've got the kit.
6: Start it. What's happening? Two things. We are going to initiate you into a little society of our own. Have you ever tried heroin?
0: No, I don't want.
6: I don't care what you want. This isn't free choice. This isn't grammar school. Because, and here is number two... This is a little payback for you sticking your little in me man's girl. Yes, Jason, she's one of us. And when you with one of us, you with all of us. No. Hold him. Roll up his sleeve and lay him down.
0: You can't do this. You should have
1: heard what Tula wants, Tula gets. Here, put this in. No, that'll kill him. I thought we were on the same page. Just
6: do it, Mark. I'll take the heat. I'm very sorry, Jason. Tighten the strap.
0: Richard, I've never apologized to you for what I did. Words sometimes fail me. They're not now. But I wanted to tell you how much of a mistake it was. How little I got out of it, except the pregnancy. Tell me something I don't know. I am truly sorry. Thanks, bud. Shall we? Here,
3: go ahead.
6: Let him down easy, boys.
3: Use the Narcan. He doesn't deserve this. No. I'll do it then.
6: Jason? (laughs) Don't make me shoot you, Mark. Now put him down for good and get him out of my house. Right.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Please listen in to WCSS 1490 AM, Amsterdam, New York, and on bobcudmore.com to hear all the episodes for the first season and beyond. The players for this episode include Adam Starnes as Jason McDonald, Jason 19. Michael Shimino as Jason 15. Richard C. Johnson as Jackson McDonald. Cheryl Charbonneau as Miriam McDonald. Trisha Studo as Margaret MacDonald, Christine Shimino as voice, Homer Charbonneau as narrator. Special thanks to The Century Club for hosting us, to Miller Printing for promotional materials, to Aaron Sickler for sound and sound effects recording, and to Gary Wager for special music.